0: Listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Game four of the NBA Finals tips off less than three hours from now in Milwaukee, where right now the Phoenix Suns have a 2 1 series lead, but it's the Bucks, a four and a half point favorite on pregame.com.
1: Okay, so let's bring in Mackenzie Rivers, pregame.com, and we're going to explain to you succinctly why this is historic. And the question is, this spread, and the question is, do you agree? that it should be historic. If you do, okay, if you don't, maybe it's a fade here. Alright, so game three, and it was situation obviously, Phoenix won game one and two. Handily, both games. Covered both games. Goes back to Milwaukee. Line in that game was four. Okay, a lot of people thought, huh, that seems high. I mean, clearly, Phoenix is better. That was the perception. They were huge favorites. So obviously, up have 2-0 to win the series. But, If you looked at game three, it was obvious that the first half in the crowd's enthusiasm that comes when they're down 0-2 and it's a must win was in the line. And really what effectively the line said was it'd be about two if it wasn't for that first half effect for the game, but it was four. So there was an extra two points added to the first half and Milwaukee wins the first half and wins the game easily. Not unexpected. What was unexpected was this line going from minus four, favored Milwaukee, to four and a half because you no longer have that game three advantage. So we went back into the database. Mackenzie, how many years back does our database go? Since 2003, so 19 years. So 19 years. And we said, tell us the times in any round in which it was home team one, home team one. Then the third game, home team wins. And now in game four, that the line goes up from game three. It whatever was learned in game three trumps all the reversal that kind of zigzagginess that says the road team now in game four has an advantage over game three. That, that whatever degree, to whatever degree game three the home team was their chance to win, it goes down. Because they don't have that must-win tenacity. You just can't have that all the time. If you could, every team would have it all the time in the playoffs. They don't. And history says this line goes down a vast majority of the time. This line went up. Now, how many times did we have the home team, home team, home team,
2: game four scenario in our database? 91 occasions. And how many times did the line go up? 13 of those occasions, 14% uh, of the time. All
1: right, so 14% of the time the line goes up. Now, some of those times it's going to be there's an injury on the other team or something dramatic happens. Did anything dramatic happen here? Well, I mean, you can say Giannis played well, but he's a two-time MVP playing well dramatic. I, I think it could be a borderline revelation because Giannis hasn't been considered such a monster in the playoffs. But man, oh, man. It puts it in a small, small category. But let's winnow it down even more and say it's one thing if that that road team is, you know, like a three-point home underdog. And the idea of the line improving kind of makes a little more sense. But of those 91 times, how many times did the line go up and that line be over three? Because three is the typical home court advantage. So for the line to go up over three – like it has here, is a sign that not only is this home team in game four considered to be good, they're considered to be better, better than the opponent. And that is rare because the opponent is going to have the higher seed. That's why they had home court. So of those 91 times, how many times did it, both of the 13 uh, that they went up at all, did it go up and in, in, in the line was above three, which says even beyond home court, this team's better.
2: Only three of those 91 times. All right, That's history.
1: Three of 91 times this scenario which is team loses game one, game two, wins game three, line goes up in game four and that team without home court advantage is favored by more than home court which says there's been a reversal of who's the better team. A reversal and that's what's happened here. This line, four and a half in game four, says unequivocally that the betting marketplace considers Milwaukee to be better than Phoenix. Jonas, what do you think of that conclusion?
0: Yeah, I, I – um... Is this all just because of an otherworldly performance by a guy that everybody just thought was injured? Like that's the, that's or the thought
1: only... wasn't the kind of guy to be a, you know, a step yeah. up in the playoffs and be the superman.
0: No, that's that's fair because we've seen him come up short so many times before that it's almost as if he's rewriting the narrative on himself and thus we're going to have to rewrite uh, how how we handicap this going going into these games now. And that that's that's, that's the what's surprising. And and it's similar we talked about it to Paul George. I think Paul George had a little bit of that to where people had to reevaluate what do you do with the Clippers with Kawhi Leonard out because we've never seen Paul George step up the way that he did this year.
1: No, that's fair. I think that's a pretty good comparison. And it was so alternating, it didn't have a chance to gain the momentum. Yeah. I mean, it strikes me if Phoenix now here's an interesting what if we're straight out of Vegas and RJ Bow is if let's say Phoenix wins a close one, it's 3-1, they can close out. Game five. What's the line? Because the assumption is one game shouldn't change the power ratings all that much, if at all. So under based on this line, which is saying pretty much Milwaukee's one and a half points better, you would think then Phoenix at home with a typical home quarter three means Phoenix would only be one and a half. Are you telling me if Phoenix goes home three, one up to close out, the line's going to be one and a half? No, no. I mean, line's probably four, four and a half. There would be a reversal again. Mackenzie, what would you guess line is in Phoenix if they win
2: Game Four? If they win, I think four and a half for Phoenix. So how does that make any sense? It doesn't. I mean, home court advantage has been three, three and a half historically. You could say in this series it's four and a half for whatever reason. No, no, you wouldn't say say it's
1: four. Whoa, whoa! You wouldn't say it's four and a half for any reason. Why would you?
2: I mean, There's no just, reason. There go is ahead. no reason for it. If, then why blindly, say it. if you were blindly looking at each game and each line, then you might come to that conclusion if you, if you didn't know any of the And that's the false conclusion.
1: That's the false conclusion. Don't go off on your if this, if that. It's all. That's the point. We're confusing the matter. There's no reason this year that... Now, you could make the case if you look at just this season or, I'm sorry, just these playoffs Milwaukee's had some weird splits. Uh, it... it, it by no other, the sample size is so, meaning home in a way. The sample size is so small, it's it's not even a conversation. I mean, what what's the current capacity? What's the current crowd? I mean, would we say we're even at a hundred percent of typical home court because of you know any lingering COVID
2: restrictions? Like, what was the attendance last game? Sixteen thousand ninety-five percent.
1: Okay, so I mean, I guess in theory, you would say that, th- that that 5% doesn't diminish the home court any.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the
1: iHeartRadio app. What do you think, Jonas?
0: I mean, I, I, I don't know that home court is having the same – because I'm torn on this. Because I, because of the number of people, I don't think it's at full capacity because I still think they're using some social distancing from the sidelines. It doesn't look like Madison Square Garden where they were right on the players as they were inbounding the balls. So I, I, I look at it and I go, okay – is is home court not the same capacity because it's not the same number of people. But when you come out of not playing in front of anybody, is that still having an effect? And maybe that makes up the difference. That, uh, that's where I'm not sure about the home court uh, in it, these finals.
1: McCann, do me a favor. McCann, just look at the playoffs and tell me what the net, I mean, I guess in theory it should even itself out, right? What was the net margin um, straight up for home teams? And then maybe look at the last month of the regular season, because it was creeping up, but remember the last let's. But to some degree, we're we're maybe on a goose chase here because the most home court historically good home courts in the playoffs with no diminishment because of COVID or whatever. So historically, good home courts are three and a half, lesser home courts are three. So even if we want to give Milwaukee three and a half, say there's no diminishment because of COVID and let's assume Milwaukee's one of the better home courts, which I think is fair, you know, in the top third of the league, then three and a half. So the, now they're a point. So it, it's, it, we're talking about a half point when when the question is how are they
2: so much perceived to be so much better. Uh, do you have that? Yeah, so in the playoffs it's actually plus 3.9 for home teams. Last month of the season it was only plus one.
1: And the thing about that playoff number, which probably isn't quite right is there's going to be more home games in the playoffs for the superior seeds right because i mean you're going to have the the you know the five game sweep or the five game gentleman sweep more uh, my i'd be interesting is how many times did the superior maybe we'll look at this during the break how many times did the superior seed have a home game versus cuz cuz if if it goes 7 they have an extra home game if it goes 5 they have an extra home game The only two times they don't have an extra home game, right, is four and six. So mm, my gut feeling is it probably is about 50-50, right? If you say how many series go four and six and how many go five or seven, I'd say more go five or seven by a smidge. What would you think, Jonas?
0: Yeah, and I and I also just did a double check on uh, the number of people in attendance for these games. Um, Phoenix is at ninety-two percent capacity for games one and two, and it's actually Milwaukee's at ninety-six. Yeah, so I, I would have thought the opposite. I, would, I it, it seemed like maybe the crowd was a little bit louder in Phoenix. They have both been been pretty fun to watch, but it seems like um, you know Phoenix had more people there. But if you look at just percentage to capacity, uh, Milwaukee actually had more than Phoenix. Did. But
1: but when you're at ninety-two. I mean, we're looking at the home court in both cases. When you're at 92, I mean, it's about one out of 10 people aren't there. So it's hard to say that's nothing, right?
0: 1,500 people, basically.
1: Yeah. I I mean, you know, so and now the question is in Milwaukee, and I don't know this, and we'll move on, but it seems like if it's not as loud, maybe it's, hey, it's been 40 some years in the making, uh, you know, 45 plus, and... Uh, maybe it's the big money people and it's hard for the fans, you know, the the hardcore to get in. And we all know bowl games and such, when you don't have the fanatics in there, they don't make as much noise. Now, again, that's just speculation. But either way, even if we want to give both three and a half, even though it's 96 and 92 percent of capacity and three and a half is the best you can assume, They're saying that Phoenix was clearly better in Game 1 and 2. And Game 1 makes more sense because Giannis' uncertainty. Game 3 and 4, well, Game 3 they were saying, actually, Phoenix was still better because if you add in the Game 3 phenomenon, the line kind of said Phoenix was better. But then this Game 4 is the strange one. It's the big statement to say, no, 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 actually, Milwaukee's better. Now, let's not forget the following. Milwaukee entered the playoffs before Giannis's injury when they speculated, they projected that this would be the matchup. They were minus 150 in the series, even though Phoenix had home court. That was saying Milwaukee was clearly better, clearly better. And that's why, if you remember, I had a loser in game two, because when Giannis came back and looked so good, I said, wow, Fe- Milwaukee's the better team But this, you know, because look at what the line was entering the series before Giannis got hurt. But they were getting, what was it, four and a half in game two? It was like, that makes no sense. That's saying Phoenix is clearly better. Once Giannis showed himself to be healthy, I didn't think Phoenix was better. Boom, that lost. All right, people reevaluate. And here we are. It's a flip back. And you might say, RJ, the aberration was thinking Phoenix was better. That all along, the market thought Milwaukee was better. It was just when Giannis was hurt, and maybe they were game late figuring it out. But since then, they've kind of embraced Milwaukee. And you know, I accept that, except for one thing. Look at the series price. Right now, the series price is McKenzie.
2: The Suns are minus 250 favorites. The take backs are the Bucks plus 210.
1: All right, what would the line be if these were even teams, one team was in the home team or home court advantage, Phoenix was up 2-1, what would the line be if these were even teams?
2: Based on the simple math we talked about yesterday, the Suns would be minus 240, the Bucks would be plus 200. So there's a premium on Phoenix right now. That's right.
1: So what the hell is going on? <laughs> the, the the series price says a premium on Phoenix, this line says a premium on Milwaukee, Personally, yesterday, we bet Milwaukee right here on the show, a show bet, full best bet in the series because we felt like, hey, I don't want to lay the the premium in game four. I want to take the series price, which is obviously mighty juicy. And Jonas, you asked it yesterday. What would the line be if it is 2-2? Well, history tells us it'd be about minus 130, minus 140. So with Phoenix having two home games of the three left being the favorite. But again, that assumes that the teams are perceived to be even if Milwaukee wins another one, maybe the series price is going to catch up. I wouldn't be surprised if it was around pick especially if Giannis has a monster game. And oh, by the way, Giannis is over under points, 34 and a half. That's the highest he's had this season. He's expected in the finals. Under the brightest lights to score the most points of any game this season. A forced bet, Jonas. Over under thirty four and a half for Giannis.
0: I would take the over because they they have to have it. That's their only chance to win. So if I if I like Milwaukee in the series, I would take the over.
1: That's what's funny. Whenever you have a bet in which this. The squares are clearly going one way, and I'm not talking about you, Jonas. <laughs> and then some of the sharps are going, like the thoughtful, let's say, sharp squares as we call them, people like you, Jonas, that that, that don't live this, but you think it through. You like the over, and I'll, and you know what? I like the over. And it just you got to wonder why the bookies – I mean, if the bookies made this 37-and-a-half, do we really think that there'd be a ton of under action? I don't think so. I think you'd have yeah. less over action.
2: Yeah.
1: But but I I don't know, Mackenzie, at what point would you bet under?
2: Probably 37 and a half. So th- 37,
1: right. you don't bet under, 37 and a half you do. Yes. So think about it. You're saying you need three points to bet the other way. That's
2: telling you how much you like the over. I do strongly lean to the over.
1: Does this is it, Jones? Does it seem like he's on the moon, and it's like he's like Neil Armstrong going one small step for man, one giant
0: leap. For- I, I, I think he's conflicted because he wants to bet on so many different things. He's not sure what to do. It's almost like when you go shopping and you're hungry, you're not sure what to get, so you just buy it all. Like that's you know kind of how this is. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the Three and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is year-round. Listen to the Three and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, RJ, Aaron Rodgers, he still is not committed to the Green Bay Packers as of yet with training camps starting soon. He's been at a couple of different golf tournaments and been asked about Ah. it, been very, very passive aggressive about it. Uh, But it was Adam Schefter who said recently uh, that he still believes Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, although the odds would indicate a different story.
1: So real quick to let everyone know is McKenzie said he's on heavy opioid medication, for a, a bad back, is that it? Bad back? <laughs> uh, no. No. no, no, okay. Oh, oh, I was hoping. I was no, that was normal. <laughs> I, okay, but uh, <laughs> the odds in this, I'll handle it. Have gone from minus four hundred, or check that, reverse that, minus two hundred, a little bit ago, days ago. Aaron Rodgers being the starting quarterback for Green Bay week one. That was the only question. If he gets hurt, he's not the starting quarterback. Whatever, right? And that's the way Vegas – you know, it's funny. Vegas doesn't allow there to be props like will a guy be on a team because it's not officially in the box score. So years ago, this was when LeBron had the decision. Uh, Jimmy Vaccaro, who's a famous bookmaker here in town, long time, he was the only guy that put up the line when uh, Buster Douglas beat Tyson. And all of Vegas, there was one line, and he was at the Mirage at the time. And Steve Wynn was the owner, and they were very ambitious back then. But that is a famous, one of the most famous odds of all time when Buster won, and only one guy put it up. And Vicaro, uh, it, it's a situation where back with the decision, he said, who will sc- w- which team will LeBron score his first bucket for or his first points for this year, which is effectively who he's going to play for, but then that was in the box score. And thus it could be done because Vegas needed an objective and still does. Though they've gotten a little looser on it. So the odds went from about 65% yes to Green Bay to 80%. And I guess I'm thinking, what is the scenario that he doesn't play for Green Bay? Now I could see the scenario he doesn't play week one. Remember, like Emmett Smith held out the first two weeks? Like, I could see that. But if it comes for the. If I said, Jonas, what's the odds that someone other than Aaron Rodgers starts a majority of the games for Green Bay this season, removing the chance of injury, saying, if Aaron Rodgers played for Green Bay but got hurt, we're going to dismiss that and say it was Aaron Rodgers. So, really, what's the odds he's not on the team for a majority of the year? I would say very small.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would think uh, you know if if you're betting on somebody other than Aaron Rodgers starting majority of the games at quarterback outside of injury for the Packers, I, I would put you know significant odds that 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 wouldn't be the case. That that would be a, a long shot payout if that was the case.
1: And it seems like the tolerance for Aaron Rodgers is is dropping. We've been, I think it's fair to say, kind of anti this these shenanigans um, from the start. But I think the, the tolerance has gone way down. I want everyone to watch how he does all he can to distract from the reality that he is going to do exactly what Green Bay wanted. Green Bay hasn't done a thing to appease him, it seems. No, you look at Russell Wilson, you could say, well, they did this and they did that, traded for the center, traded for the – it's like, what have, what's Green Bay done? Nothing as far as and Maybe they've said platitudes, nice words, flew a guy in on the private jet. But Aaron Rodgers is going to talk and talk and yap and smug and, and, and mug, smuggy. He'll mug smugly for the <laughs> camera. And in the end, he's going to go back and play. And you know what? He's going to collect a lot of freaking money. And, he's gonna make, and you know what? As soon as the odds adjust to account for him being there, I'm gonna put a monster bet on anti Green Bay because here's what we know. If you look, listen back to what he said recently, he says, "Well, in about two weeks, I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll go start working out." Say like start working out, huh? What was it? What we know is, for five years prior to last year, Aaron Rodgers statistically was at best a slightly above average quarterback. And I'm saying at best. You could spin it where he was average. Now, did he make throws other people couldn't make? Yeah, which makes his average or slightly above stats even more of an indictment. He always had the talent, but was it a lack of concentration? Was it a lack of fitness? What was it? I don't know. But I know the stats say over 1,000-plus passes over five years, average, average. And last year... He was one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. Now, how does that happen? 35, you're average. 36, you average. 37, you're average. 38, you're as good as you've ever been, as good as anyone's ever been. Mm, the fact that he was mad about Jordan Love and worked his butt off? Well, it seems like of all the years in the last six now, which year does he have the least motivation to try hard? I would say this year, wouldn't you say, Jonas?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's already been paid. Uh, he also wants to, you know, show everybody he's not into this. And so if it means he's got to maybe sabotage, you know, his performance in his team to get what he wants and get out of there and make it, make it be known that this just isn't a workable relationship anymore, this would be the year to do it. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.